Hi, I'm Gareth Moore, CEO of Virginia Distillery. Pour drink, settle in. This is the Cast Chasers Podcast. All right, Cast Chasers. Hi. How's everybody doing? I hope everybody's doing great here. As a lot of you know, I moved. Yeah, I moved. People do that, so stop freaking out. I moved to Virginia. Um, I love it here. I love the state. I love the people in it. And by happenstance, uh, my next guest is in Virginia, and I'm actually a big fan of the distillery. We're going to talk about their whiskey, spirits. We're going to get into that awesome new topic that I love talking about. Of course, that's the single malt category, one of my faves. Um, But without further ado, uh, my friend, my new friend, uh, Gareth Moore from the uh, Virginia Distilling Company. Gareth, hi. Hey, man. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. uh, Virginia and, and having the hometown uh, uh, team greet you here. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get the t-shirts, the hats. I'm going to wear the whole thing. It's going to be uh, it's going to be groovy. Uh, I think you're about, you're outside Richmond, so I think you're an hour from where I'm at. Um, yeah, we're just about south of uh, Charlottesville. That's right. That's right. Um, so give us a little insight. Tell us about, tell us about you, man. Who are you? Who is Gareth? Sure. What, what's the painting that is Gareth? First off, to paint the picture for my listeners, my dude's sitting in a leather chair, right? Throne, we'll call it. Beautiful backdrop. Um, got his uh, got his hair slicked back. Uh, gorgeous beard, which you know I'm a fan mm. of beard. So I just wanted to paint the picture of of uh, the image I'm looking at. It's a painting. Look at that! Holy crap! The the yeah, gotta the, the cool background. There. Yeah, the cabinet. The cabinet goes up and up and up, full of whiskey. I have a small bar behind me. Nothing like I'm looking at here. So. Um, I guess it's appropriate for you to have that in your office, being as what yeah. you do. I think if I went to my accountant's office and he had that, I'd worry. Uh, exactly. But, you know what I mean? So anyway, I digress. Uh, so who is Gareth? Paint paint your picture, my friend. Uh, there you go. Yeah. No, I, I um, don't often speak about myself, but um, I guess I'm, I'm a first-generation American. Uh, my parents were uh, Irish immigrants. I uh, came to D.C. in the early uh, 70s, and... Um, raised family um, in, in Northern Virginia. And uh, let's see, I'm, I'm a finance guy by training. Um, I've worked in, in private equity for a number of years and of course uh, fell into distilling just over 10 years ago now. And uh, I can't honestly say that, you know, I was I was uh, passionate about uh, distilling, you know, from a young age since like, you know, fifth grade or something. Um, but it was really an adopter passion uh, that, that I came across uh, to my father. Um, so yeah, I mean, where I am now, I'm, I'm in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, got my beautiful wife, Maggie, and uh, three beautiful sons, uh, George, Pierce, and Thorin. That's uh, eight, six, and almost three. Uh, they keep me busy. Yeah. And uh, two golden retriever puppies. And uh, that's that and the distillery will keep you very busy. I think that's the American dream. Everything you just, you just, I couldn't tell my, <laughs> your red hair and red beard, but I, I I'm seeing the Irish now. I'm seeing it now. Yeah, um, somewhere. The old song and dance of a uh, financier becomes a uh, distiller, a whiskey maker. Yeah. I mean, tried and true old. And tr- I mean, that's the, that's probably the oldest story out there. 
And uh, I'm not the first; I'll be the last. Yeah, right, right. And um, kudos to not starting your passion at five years old. I appreciate that too. Although I wonder how many little boys and girls out there are sneaking dad's whiskey and getting grounded when they should be. You know, we should be catering that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, underage <laughs> drinking is not the way, to, especially if you're five. I, I feel like there's a stunt growth in there or something. Yeah, um, yeah that's a little. So, dude, you're creating a spirit that's uh, well. I mean, to 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 tread lightly here is booming. Um, I have heard the 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 phrase uh, "keep an eye out for this distillery" for a while now, um, and yeah. now you're you're pretty much everywhere. Um, and what's dope about that is it's Virginia distilling, right? Um, That's right. But it's everywhere. I mean, you can grab it anywhere. It's cool to see homegrown local. You know what I mean? You put your name on the bottle, the state on the bottle but we're grabbing it everywhere. And why I like that is because no offense to my Kentucky peeps. I love my Kentucky distilleries. I love when uh, distillers outside of Kentucky are doing really cool things and kind of paving that way. Um, so let's talk about the beginning days and, and I'm a history guy. So you probably already know this. Um, the Irish love their whiskey. Um, I don't know if anybody knew that or not, um, but Virginia, it, Virginia, Maryland, this whole this whole PA area is kind of like the true, you know, cornerstone, the 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 uh, genesis of of what we know as American spirits now, right? I mean, am I am I bold yeah, by saying yeah, no? Absolutely no. I, I used to run the uh, Virginia Distillers Association, and our our tagline was the birthplace of American spirits, and and that's not really contentious because. You know, people were were distilling what would eventually be called bourbon in Virginia uh, before Kentucky was was ever created. Uh, before you hear that? You hear that, Kentuckians? <laughs> There's the hate mail. There's the hate mail right there. No, but you're right. You're right. It's uh, it it is the birthplace. I mean, our founding fathers were 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 sipping and making. Um, a lot of your, I mean, to date to date and i'm a texas boy but i heard the stories about your mountains and what's happening up in those mountains um you know booze is being made um exactly both legally and illegally um i'm partial to the legal side because you know i'm I'm an anarchist uh but you're doing it legally let's start off there i mean you're you're totally yeah okay okay i just don't want to percent yeah, of both board very legit okay that's good this is this is just an audio podcast so any wings stuff yeah yeah no they don't see those now when you say it they get it but uh no if the fda is listening or atf you know he's totally legal just a pause there just in case i have to put any legal drama in there for my lawyers um so let's talk about 10 10 years ago yeah. you're typing away putting numbers in a spreadsheet uh you know that's what i mean right. doing the math doing the things you got a little irish blood running through you it's telling you to do something different how do you crack yeah. what 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 takes a man like that's in the great field of finance which is exciting by the way i hear what yeah. brings you to now i mean where how do we get how do we get here how do we get here to this podcast yeah. i mean what got you here so you know absolutely it, it was not by plan I say I fell into the industry about uh, 10 years ago uh, because it was my late father's, uh, really his, his dream to build out an American single malt distillery or a single malt distillery in, in his adopted home in Virginia. Um, like I said earlier, he was a Irish immigrant. Uh, he and my mother came to the States in uh, the early 70s. And uh, my father was a scholarship kid. He got a scholarship to, to his undergrad at the University of College Dublin got a scholarship uh, out to the U.S. And in fact, it was with the help of a professor of his at University College Dublin named uh, John Teeling, mm. who eventually went into the whiskey world himself. Um, 
but in the early 70s, he, he helped uh, my father get a scholarship to George Washington uh, in D.C., and uh, he got a number of degrees. He, he was he was overeducated. <laughs> he had three different degrees there. No one's ever then, said that about me, by the way. I've never <laughs> yeah, had that nomenclature. Yeah. 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 No, more, more under or just mm. about. Yeah. About right. The doctors had other words for me, but go on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, landing, landed in D.C. with, uh, with a scholarship. Um, not many people live in D.C., so he settled uh, in Virginia on the other side of the river and uh, really got to live out the American dream that, um, I mean, it sounds corny, but um, you hear about it uh, uh, all the time, but uh, to witness it firsthand was very cool growing up. And so he he built a number of technology companies, big data and analytics back in the day, before that was really a thing. Uh, you know, starting with punch cards and going on to to tapes, you know, not audio tapes, but actually data mm. tapes and, and uh, stuff, uh, stuff of, of that ilk. And um, you know, uh, did well for himself. And uh, in 2011, so 13 years ago now, or 12 years ago now, uh, when he sold his his primary business, he wanted to get into distilling. Wanted to build a business because he he knew he was good at that. Uh, and wanted to combine that with something that he was passionate about. And, uh, you know, I wasn't passionate about it at the time, nor, nor when I was five years old, but um, <laughs> my father was into to single malts. And now there, there are plenty of single malts from Ireland uh, nowadays, but, you know, traditionally they've been associated with Scotland. Um, so despite being Irish, he, he liked a, a traditionally Scottish uh, product. And, you know, he collected them, he had a massive collection. Uh, I guess technically that, that collection is mine now. Um, and uh, he, he went through Scotland doing distillery tours and he bought a few casts. The year I was born, 1982, uh, somebody at Abelor, uh, was a great marketer mm. and they said, listen, in about 18 years, there's going to be this magical time called the millennium. We're going to get ahead of it and we're going to sell these casts so that they could be open in 18 years. And so my mother bought my father a, a cast of Abelor then. And, um, we saw plenty of bottles of that downstairs, but uh, that, that that was part of him really really buying into the uh, the legends and stories and and um, building his passion for for single malts. And so, you know, when Dad Dad set to set out to build another company, it, it seemed in some ways kind of natural, right? You know, if he was a golf enthusiast, perhaps he would be um, you know, building out a golf course, or you know, if he was into sailing, he'd be you know on a yacht or something. Single malts was his passion, and so uh, he decided to to get after it. And you know, I, I like to reflect on that as something that you know Americans have done, or American immigrants have done for a number of years, uh, taking something that's really from the old country, and bringing it to the new world, and not necessarily trying to replicate it. Because what's the point of just replicating it, but making it your own, right? Making it something is. Um, you know, has a sense of place and, um, you know, fits the local palate and you could truly say it's American, not just a, a copy of something they make in, in Scotland or Ireland. Um, and so that, that was the plan. Uh, and in 2011, he got off to the races with, um, a consultant uh, from Scotland. Uh, he got the stills, he got some land and, uh, started off with the uh, construction of the facility, uh, that we, that we know and love today. And then uh, about 18 months into it, uh, unfortunately, summer 2013, he uh, took a heart attack and passed. 
and it was um it was a huge shock because we he wasn't ill you know there, there was no warning other than, than family history so you know i gotta watch out for myself but um at, at the time um my father and i work, worked on various things together that were in you know grand finance uh mm-hmm. and technology and uh Maybe maybe more traditional things than you know this kind of wacky business of of distilling whiskey. Um, so I I had never been to the site. I I had maybe seen the business plan once. Um, it, I had uh, you know chatted about it like at cocktail parties, but to be really honest, I I didn't take it very seriously because you know it's very hoity toity like oh, you know finance and investing and sure. technology. This is what we do. And you know is this is this actually a business or is this kind of just a lark, right? Um, and so, you know, at the, at the, when, when my father passed, um, there were a number of things that we had going on, but it was my, um, my mother, Angela, who is, um, you know, she was the, the, the woman behind the man with my father and, you know, definitely, uh, my biggest cheerleader. And, uh, she said, go down to Nelson County, go see what your father was up to. And, uh, I'd like, I'd like to say the rest is history from there. But no, really, at, at that time, um, <laughs> being very honest about it, I, I was naive. Uh, I, I thought it was kind of a cool project and, you know, uh, a kind of side hustle, uh, something that was, um, you know, not uh, the kind of a folly rather than real business. And uh, when I first got there, you know, construction was, was midway done. Uh, the stills were in place. There was a shell of the building around it. We didn't have windows or doors. Uh, no pipes, no no boiler, no chiller, no no systems. Obviously, no warehouses, waste management, uh, visitor center, uh, all of that great stuff. Um, but being uh, you know ten years younger than I am now, and, and very very naive, versus now I'm just very naive. Mm. Uh, I, uh, I I looked around and said, "Hey, where's the on button? You know, let's uh, let's make some whiskey." And uh, turn, turns out it was much harder than that. Um, but you know, again, being being a, a finance guy by by nature, um, it was really digging into the business plan, and looking at you know other startup distilleries, craft businesses, and it was the scale that my father had started out with that was was really impressive and and very daunting in some ways because we had a ten thousand liter system that can produce you know a million liters a year. That's about you know two hundred forty thousand cases. That's a that's a huge amount, um, and you know we didn't start with a, a small distillery and then expand. My, my dad liked to think big, right? You know this is this is going to work, and so let's make a lot of inventory. Let's get a big facility. Let's get after it. Um, and so you know, really seeing that and and you know, changing the the perspective from this is a lark to wow, like this is really something, and this is what my father wanted to do. And I think it's a natural thing to to want to bring that to fruition, right? Once once you really start believing in it and say, "Hey, this this we really have something here," um, I put my shoulder behind it, and uh, with you know my my, uh, my mother uh, really cheering me on, and, and my wife is is great support, and um, yeah, dove in ten years ago, and and, and now here we are. Man, uh, so so much to dig in then i love the aspect of the the family you know following in your dad's footsteps kind of i i, I wish i could say i've heard the story i haven't heard the story before but it's a beautiful mm-hmm. story where the son the daughter 
you know, was doing something else and then picks up this kind of piece, this piece of art and decides to run with it. And I've said this a thousand times and listeners, you've heard this a thousand times. If you, if you follow the podcast, um, if you're listening, you probably do. And if you don't, you should listen to other episodes. Um, this is a, this is a daunting, you hit the nail on the head, uh, a, a very, um, scary industry to get into because it's an, it's art, which art can be scary because it's very subjective. Um, you're, you're making a product where you have tons and tons of, um, I hate using the word competitors because everybody in the whiskey industry tends to, you know, lean on each other, but they're, but the competition's real. Um, but if you follow through with a legacy, you put your heart out there and you put everything you have into it and you have a, you know, devil may care attitude, you create something really, really cool. It doesn't hurt that you have that business finance background because, that's the boring side, but the most important side, let's be realistic. Um, I mean, you said leaders and I was like, there's no mathematical. And then you said the equation and I was like, I guess there is, I failed math. Um, but it's interesting to me that you, you, you not only took his legacy as an homage, um, but Mm -hmm. also you did something really cool. You, you, Gareth, you, you built a company that really, really, I think you would be thankful for. I'm thankful for, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, God bless him and God rest his soul. And I hope, I don't know if I believe in ghosts, but if I do, I hope he's haunting that distillery. <laughs> um, I'd love to yeah. meet him. I'd love to meet him when I visit in a, in a very non-scary way. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's an interesting thing because, you know, virtually nobody at the, at the distillery knew my father um, because, you know, we were still under construction. We didn't have a, a company yet. And so, you know, from the marketing to the sales to the distillers, uh, no, nobody knew him. But at the same time, there's there's just a lot of his impact around the distillery. From yeah. folks, you would say we don't we don't put photographs of them everywhere. That, that that would be a bit odd. But uh, you know, from from you know the way he would run a business to the way he would you know create a team to um, you know just what you said of wanting to be proud of, of what you're making and. You know that that's a big part of what drives me is <laughs> I, I don't believe in ghosts either. But the idea that if, if Dad's looking at this, I mean, I, I definitely want it to be something that that he would be very proud of. I think and so. That he would drink so that's uh, that's really the idea. Well, here I am, um, you know, enjoying your whiskey, and I can tell you, you've made him proud. It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. I try not to have people on the show <laughs> that I, 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 you know. My podcast, I want to be different than other podcasts um, because there's no such thing as a whiskey pod. There's no other whiskey podcast out there, right? No, but I try to be different. I try to... I try to really believe in the brands I have on board and I get on the show. Um, there's no pay. There's no marketing kind of, it's just me talking to people. And I just, I just love this industry and I love the people in it. And I, you know, you fold now you've now Gareth, unfortunately for you folded into my friend group. Um, so you get those random midnight texts, you know, what's what's up, man. And your wife's going to be like, who is that Bobby again? Um, but, but I really, yeah, yeah. But I really appreciate this and I mean this with all my heart and why I have a show and why I do what I do. This is an art form. It's a business. It's I've heard many people in the industry say, please God, let this building burn down so I can get the insurance money. But I've also heard the say, yeah, because it's it's a thing. Um, but I've also I've seen distillers in action and I've seen makers and owners and CEOs in action. 
And there, there's always this, you know, metaphorical sweat and panic mixed with love and creativity. And it's the most beautiful thing I think I've ever seen. And we, we talk about these barrels, not to get too, you know, sappy or, or, or poetic on you. These barrels breathing, living, sweating, and going through their chaos inside that barrel. But so are yeah. the people that work in the industry. They're doing, they're aging and, and changing and, 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 and their palates and their mentality and, and who they are as people. It, it, you can't leave it even if you wanted to because unfortunately yeah. you're going to go to a bar, you're going to go to a restaurant. And if you left this, if you shut it down tomorrow and you went right back <laughs> to finance, you're going to be at a table with your family and you know, you're going to look at the menu and you're going to think, oh, they got a single malt on the, I could, my single malt could be there. What did I do? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I think, I think there's a part to that. That's, um, um, I think there's a part to that. That's very important and beautiful. Um, and so the, the way you describe casks, I mean, really is, is the way I think about them of, of, you know, just personally being there from when they're filled to, you know, going to the warehouse, smelling them, uh, the sampling from them and finally getting to a bottle. And, you know, when we do get to, to that finished product, it's, it just brings up a lot of memories, a lot of stories of, you know, particularly when you have a, a single cast or you're actually looking at the barrel and you know you look all right this is from february of uh, 2016. we had a pretty tough winter that 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 winter i remember you know our chiller was, was freezing up and you know i don't know that that taste comes through the, the that actual cast but you know the stories that evokes or you know thinking about where i was in life you know like i only had one kid when um when we laid this cast down now i have now i have three and they're they're grown up and uh not drinking whiskey yet, but but getting there. So no, I mean each one of the casks has you know, uh, years and years of stories of, of the people really that that uh, put them together. And it and it's it's neat if you you know shows like mine and getting an opportunity to put rock stars like you on it. And I, I you know I want to sell your product. I want your product to get out there. That's kind of the point. Let's not you know I want people to hear my listeners and. You know, I'm lucky enough to have a global listenership and there's going to be somebody in Zimbabwe that's like, I can't get a bottle of that. And I'm sorry, yep. my Zimbabweans, but um, my friends out there. And but um, I think I think painting the picture of how cool this. So you hit the nail on the head. You, you mentioned Abelar. And I remember 2018 Abelauer, uh, the Abuna Abelauer came out or didn't come out, but that 18 year old um, or that eight, 2018 um, um, expression, you couldn't keep it on the shelves. It was this yeah. it was this iconic and Abelauer had been doing things for a long time and 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 produced after that as well and and there's other expressions and there's great and trust me that's a great distillery scottish distillery but that 2018 was very special and um it might be one of my favorite bottles that ever existed but there's a story behind it there's a there's a myth behind it and there's also a time and place and and what was happening in scotland and you know they had a very interesting um interesting spring and winter and summer and i've gotten the opportunity to talk about that with their distilling team and their and their team over there there is a story each bottle even you which you know you produce you know your single malt and today, you know, this year's versus next year's versus the year after, each release has got its own conversation. And when we get to listen to somebody like you talk about that this summer, that spring, that year, what we went through, what we did, what that green was, where we got it, you know, there's depth to that. And I think, you know, I'm not asking you to, you know, ask the painter where he got his paint from, but what the painter was going through in that time 
I think, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think there's, there's some expression there. Um, and so it happens organically, right? I mean, you, you don't, you don't plan in advance, like this cast is going to be, you know, put together and, and thankfully win or, or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. It's just that, um, you know, reflect on it uh, over the years and, you know, the, the stories tell themselves. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so speaking of stories, one of my favorite categories, let's chat about this a little bit. I know I'm going to be transparent here in the show notes. It was uh, or from your team. It was like, hey, can you bring up the American single malt category? And I wanted to send an That's email. Yeah, I wanted to send an email back and said, how could I not? Um, yeah. How could I not bring up um I'm a Scotch fan by, and an Irish whiskey fan, by the way, um, by 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 uh, by choice. Um, bourbons, American whiskey, I love and I, I I like and I appreciate. But my favorite category right now is the American single malt. I, my dear friends, Mark and Arch from Old Line, out of mm-hmm. Baltimore, um, which you know, um, are, are are introduced me to the American single malt category before there was an American single malt category and and thanks to you know certain laws and changes we now have that category and we can tiptoe in what that means and everything but the American single malt to me is is something new refreshing and absolutely endearing and I mean that because it's finally a classy affordable um, to some degree, there's some high-priced ones out there, but a classy yet affordable, interesting, complex, single grain, and, you know, focusing on a single grain and really appreciating it. You know, if you like bourbon, you know, corn is your conversation with rye, rye is your con- you know, obviously there's other grains in there. But single malt literally means, hey, here's a grain that does amazing things, and it can do incredible things, and not only the it, in, in the new make, but also in the barrel, how it reacts with the barrel, and it creates this creamy, dare I say, beats out the weeded uh, category. In my opinion, that's a bold statement, but nobody pays me, so I can yeah, I can say whatever I want. Um, but I, I'm a, I was a weeder. If I was American, it was weed, right? Got it. Now barley's my best friend. Um, yeah. That that grain is incredible. It's incredible. It's flavorful. It's deep. It's rich, and it can do a lot of things. And we have the we have the. I'm going to let you talk more about this. We have the luxury that Scotland and Ireland doesn't have, which is you know taking our barrel preferences are different. You know, new char and and our grain and aging process and our temperatures. So we get to take a single malt that people would normally say um, that's Scottish and do something really cool and different with it. So you know. I know I opened up a, a Pandora's box there, but chat with me a little bit about what that means, what that category means to you, and 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 why that category. Absolutely, and, easy and, and uh, I threw you a softball. So no, no, it's a million, <laughs> million different things I, I could say about it, but um, no, you you hit it in the head in terms of you know that the rules uh, enable us to to still have a lot of innovation, and you know we're obviously a new category. But there are you know, folks in the States that have been doing this for, for 30 years, uh, 20 years, 10 years like ourselves. Um, so I, I like to think that the category isn't so much in its infancy, infancy uh, anymore, but it's more like a preteen or, or teenager where it's starting to starting to actually, you know, turn into a, a full body. What, uh, what an, it's like, see me, I've been here, please look at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wants the spotlight. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. Um no, I mean it's 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 a great category because 
you know, like I was saying earlier that replicating what they do in Scotland or Ireland it isn't really success, right? Making something that is, um, you know, reflecting the, the sense of place and reflecting the the palates of the people who are drinking it in the U.S. is is kind of the luxury that we have. And so, you know, unlike what you see in Scotland, you'll see a lot of new oak uh, across the category. We don't use it, but um, I know a lot of other producers that do. Uh, you can use column stills, uh, which are more traditional in the U.S. than, than pot stills. And, um, you know, the, the barrel sizes, you're not going to be limited to just exactly the size and type that, um, that you can in Scotland or Ireland. And that makes sense because we're not in a homogenous climate like they are uh, over there, where it's just a very mild climate, right? It's, it's kind of uh, damp and muggy year round. But, you know, we, we have producers in, in Texas like Balcones or or, you know, a mile high in Denver at um, Stranahan's or, you know, the, the, the soggy Pacific Northwest or ourselves in Virginia, where it's hot and humid in the summer and, and cold and dry in the in the winter. And, you know, that, that just gives a huge amount of uh, variety in the maturation environments that, um, that I like to think gives us a huge opportunity for variety, you know, across the country, uh, much more than they would have uh, in Ireland or Scotland, where they do become fairly similar. I think I think there's an envy there that should exist. Um, Scott, at, you know Scotland. I don't know if you. If this is more for the listeners. If the listeners are paying attention, Scotland and Ireland, Japan, for that matter, and a few other distilleries are going through some some things right now where they're really testing the boundaries and trying to get more. You know, some of the rules lifted. Um, and there's traditionalists that want to say this is the way it's got to be, and this is, and I appreciate that. Don't get me wrong, but you know they're limited to maybe aging in a in a uh, you know secondary used you know uh, you know sherry or or whatever it may be. Uh, Mizunuro now is 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 kind of growing and very interesting barrel. That's another episode. Um, but in America, we have the privilege of having a single malt category with. I don't want to say no rules because to have a category to be federally recognized, you have to have boundaries, but our boundaries are a little wider. We have a little more play. You said yourself, you know, maybe not using a, a, a fresh barrel, maybe, maybe using a secondary, maybe it's really about the grain and I'm not going to go down the rules. I've been read them and I ignored whatever happened, Wh whatever I was told I was drinking and, but I've been explaining yeah. the single malt category in America a hundred times and I refuse to memorize it. Um, I just yeah. know I like it. Um, but it's, it's so cool. I, I, I get a lot of challenges. I don't want to say challenges. That's bad. I, I have a lot of people in my home, Gareth, that I'm like, you know, that are new to whiskey or, or have not new to whiskey, but you know, they assume if it's not McAllen, it's not nothing, you know, or, you know, Blanton's or nothing or whatever the case may be. They ask for the staple, the Nike of, uh, of, of spirits, if you will. And I, I, I love the opportunity to say, you know, it sounds like you're a single malt fan. Um, have you tried, you know, Virginia? Have you tried what they're creating? Have you tried what they're producing? Um, you're going to get the same grain profile with a little more umph, some different spices, mm -hmm. some American kick. And I think that's what right. we do really well. We're a melting pot. And I think we do a good job of, and you, your team, you and your team do a great job of experiencing that, well, you know. I'm drinking your, 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 it's, it's, it's affordable. It's, it's, it's approachable. It's, 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 it's easily, easily attainable. I mean, I live in Virginia, but this, this comes from Delaware. Um, so there it is. Um, you know, 
it's it's delicious. It's absolutely incredible, and I would pay. I would probably pay one hundred twenty dollars for this if I'm being if I'm going to put a price point. I don't want to tell you you're not doing your job right, but you're charging yeah. you're charging too little. Um, but it's it's it. I could surprise somebody with this. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But you know, I mean, making it accessible is is an important part, right? Because and and if you're just not to interrupt. I'm I'm drinking the courage and conviction just because people are going to okay. ask. Yeah, 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 yeah. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, no, but make, making it. Um, uh, accessible. It's definitely part of, you know, getting it to a broad environment. I mean, we're distributed across 28 states, um, you know, 2,500 plus accounts. And, um, you know, it's, it's, if you're going to do something and, and uh, try to do it well, you want to make enough uh, to, to share broadly. So we're, uh, we're pretty proud of that. You should be, you have every right to be, and so does your team. Um, so, you know, as we wrap up, it's already been, it's been 40 minutes, um, since we started our conversation and time flies when you're with good people and I keep my episodes, the listeners hate this about me, but I keep them pretty short, 30 to 40 minutes. I do that so you can fold into the next one and not lose. I, I, I think there's some psychology behind where people start to fade out and think about, you know, home improvement projects and whatever. And I don't want you to do that, listeners. I want you to listen and hear. But I promise you I'm going to invite myself to Gareth's home, um, meaning the distillery or house. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll see what the rest- we'll see what the restraining order looks like after this. Um, I think it's been good so far. Um I, I'd love to come to the distillery and sit with you again and, you know, we'll do, you know, get it on Instagram, get it on the, you know, on the, all the, uh, you know, all the, all the social media. So those people can see it. But for the listeners, if you don't have a bottle on your shelf, you're doing yourself a disservice because I mean, the, the, not only did you do something well for your father and, Trust me, Gareth, I'm telling you, I've drank a thousand whiskeys and I'll drink a thousand more. I'm not an alcoholic. I just do it, you know, for the art form. Um, that's what I tell my doctor. Um, but you really are producing an amazing product. You and your team are kicking ass and taking names. The, the single malt category is booming. And, and this company, listeners, is at the spearhead of it. I mean, they are, uh, there's more conversation to have about, you know, your position in that and, and the council. And is it called a council? Is it the Council of, what's that? Commission. The American Single Malt Commission. Commission. So. Oh, the Council yeah. of Single Malt sounds really cool and whatever. It does sound like, good. Like I you would all that. have swords and everything, but it, whatever. The commission, you know, you know, we're going to talk more about, we'll, we'll call it a second episode um, where we'll talk about, his, you know, his involvement in the in the development of the single malt category um, because it's a beautiful, cool, interesting, you know, we have our rye, we have our, we have our bourbon, and guess what? Now we have our own single malt so you can stop, you know, spending money to the in Scotland. That's not true buy your scotch it's delicious um but really man you are kicking ass and taking names i mean that with all my heart um thank you for no thank you for what you've given us and i can't wait to meet with you i can't wait i'm gonna i'm gonna be i'm gonna be bold here and say the second episode um because that's a coming um am i invited first off absolutely yeah 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 Yeah, anytime can't wait to have you yeah um the news will be cast chasers restraining order from Virginia. <laughs> um, no, but I can't wait to come visit. I can't wait to talk more about, you know, that involvement. We'll call that a part two episode because the single malt category is really booming. Um, it's new, newish. Um, there's been a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of great people pushing that um, to get it recognized. And then, but the, but the boundaries, I know we think federal recognition means less boundaries. The boundaries are minimal. You're going to see some really cool, interesting, and different 
their single malt doesn't taste like other single malts. And that's what I love. And all single malts so far that I've tasted have been good. But yours is way different. And I like that. I dig that there's a different profile. You're doing something different. And you're doing something really cool. And you're close to me, which helps. Um, but anyway, Gareth, thank you so much for being a part of my show. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. And talking to, talking to my people. No, I appreciate you. Um, and on that note, remember, Chasers, it's not about finding the perfect dram. It's not out there. Um, it's about the chase. So, Gareth, thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And that's the show. Buddy, that was really cool. There's got to be a part two because I want to dig into Let's do it. Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah. We can do it in a warehouse. The acoustics work. Perfect, perfect. I really want to get into, we'll plan a trip up there. I want to get into your role in this whole process. I want to do a single malt episode. Oops. Um, yeah. Cool category, man. Good job. Yeah. Dude, you it, don't need it, me to tell you that, but I mean. You know, I, I, I did this exercise with with uh, folks in, in, uh, in the last year or so and just thought through. It's like, okay, if you were going back in time. And you pick a category to be in 10 years and build all this inventory, build a brand around it, you know, which category would you pick? And, you know, looking, looking in arrears, it's like, all right, thanks dad. Like, good. Yeah. Good the future, right? yeah. Uh, like that worked well. So, yeah. Did you know, uh, you know what? I'm going to keep this in. We're going to, this is, we're going to extend the episode because I have a, sure. I have a question. Is that okay? Um, yeah. Did, did you, when you, when your dad, I mean, did you know you wanted to keep it? single malt because of your father or did you say did, was there ever a time where you're like maybe we should adjust and do something different or was single malt the way it was going to be the entire time yeah no i i always thought about it as single malt right yeah. it wasn't a, a distillery or, or, or spirits distillery it was a single malt distillery and you know that came from the type of equipment uh to to our consultants uh but primarily just what you said it, it was what my my father wanted to, to see through and so it just never occurred to me of uh let's try something else yeah i love that it it wouldn't make sense really because i think i think being a single malt category i think being a single malt distillery sets you apart in its own way but um yeah i'm really surprised there aren't more popping up i mean there's a there's a few there's a lot actually but i'm surprised it's not especially watching from the sidelines the the fight or the or the drive to create that category you wouldn't see more pop up especially in your kentuckys and everything i mean they're really bourbon heavy there but right. I, I remember but, when but even like jim dean um yeah they released their seat they're there they're there don't yeah. get me wrong yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i i, I remember i mean maker's mark uh, has a cola uh, they're coming out with sazerac's working on something so well johnny, you guys are catching up as well johnny as well. johnny come lately's i guess um yeah no, i'm kidding <laughs> they're my friends i love those people uh, i remember yeah. when balconis came out with their 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 single malt and it was interesting and i didn't i wanted it i wanted to believe in it i liked it a lot but i was it was just interesting at the time and i told you before you know old line kind of won me over um, and there's a friendship there. There's a story and I love those guys over there. But, um, you know, Balconis was, they really, they're, that's a distillery that really tries to do things interesting and set themselves apart. And I haven't had them on the show yet. I'd love to, um, mm-hmm. I'd love to ask them what the hell they were thinking with, um, that smoked. Oh, it's, ter- I can't stand it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, they're, uh, what the brimstone, 
rough. Oh, well, we, 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 we all make different types of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's not your job. To, it's my job to, to, to trash on them. And I would tell them this. I love them. To, you know, I want to I tell them to their face. Um, but yeah. um, but no, they did something really cool. And that's kind of the moment I thought, oh, man, we got something here. And then mm-hmm. I had your whiskey for the first time and not yep. too long ago. And I thought we definitely have something here. We definitely have yeah. our own. Finally, specifically the East Coast, and I know there's, you know, obviously great, you know, single malt happening elsewhere, but I'm like, we finally have a category that we can, that in our timeline, that's that's different and cool and new and, and maybe not new because, you know, the single malt category, but it's definitely something that's interesting and then it's playful. You can still, like bourbon can still do cool, interesting things. Rye is really... You know, they have their own fight against them and, uh, you know, they're trying to create these cool single rise and, and rise out there. But the single malt category blew me away because how do you do so much with one grain and not be scotch? And I think I think I've seen this evolution in such a short amount of time happen. And now you have your own category and your distillery and the whole your your fan base is going, OK, now what? So you got that against yeah. you, you know, um, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Um, but no, it really is. This, it's 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 awesome to have. I feel like I have I, almost like you would put a jersey on. I feel like it's my that's my team. The, the, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. I love that. All right, man. Um, I do plan on coming up. I do plan on coming to Absolutely. see you and uh, crashing your party and, uh, you know, drinking a whole barrel and, you know, you calling that's the right. ambulance and you kicking me out and me never being back. Um, it, it, it wouldn't be the first time. So, yeah, yeah, sure. Gareth. Of course. Of course. Uh, you know, um, no, seriously, Gareth, thank you. You've been absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it with all my heart. Um, and I, I appreciate doing that. It. No, man. Thank you. We appreciate you. Cheers. Cheers, all buddy. Right, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. You do. Take care. Take care.